Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Josh Peck. And I'm Ben Soffer. And, and we're, we're the, the good guys. guys. There's a lot of guys out there. And we're the good ones. Josh, how are you? Ben, don't try to ignore the fact that we just recorded for 20 minutes, except we didn't because you didn't hit record. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's so, you know, like I'm just not the tech genius that people want me to be. And like that needs to be okay. I'm I've come to grips with the fact that it's not my specialty. And I don't know why people keep giving me all of these technological responsibilities, such as pressing the button to record. My wife set up our Wi-Fi. She built my kid's crib. I know what her her assets are, and I know what my defects are, and that's why we're a good match. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Claudia is the same way. She hangs the paintings. Even if I say, can I hang the painting? Nope. I'm going to hang it better. All right. So it's yours. Yeah. That right. is your job. If I can't hang a good painting, if I can't make the bed to the exact way that you want it, all right. I bow out. It is what it is. So did you spend the weekend being positively young and just crushing the Halloween scene? So not exactly. Uh, We're in Florida. Uh, We have, as you know, infants here. So crushing the Halloween scene, not exactly. All my friends in Los Angeles at the Casamigos Halloween party. Everybody's having a great time. I'm here in Florida. I decided to dress up like Ina Garten. I'm not sure if you saw, but it was un- it was unbelievable. Thank you very much. It was it was really I won't say the role of a lifetime because that will be when I take time to get studio makeup and do Mrs. Doubtfire, but it was the second role of a lifetime. It was really fantastic. I was Ina, Claudia was Jeffrey, full makeup. How easy is that? I really just dove in, and uh, what we did was we went to the kids' Halloween party at the club, and I got to tell you, none of those parents were dressed, and I was just there dressed like Ina Garten with no kids, and I think that they were afraid of me. They probably thought you were transitioning. Yes, either transitioning or just there to steal their children. (laughs) I I would bet you there were conversations Uh, between parents looking at you going, Good for her. <laughs> Good for her. Espe- Honoring her truth. Especially because I just looked gorgeous. Like, I really looked like a drag queen. Like, I just, you know, wh- Claudia did my makeup ha- just almost too good. When you have that bob on, first of all, you don't have any wrinkles, which I've, I, I'm very surprised by. You have incredible skin. I do. I really do. And it would have been, I don't, does, does your significant other also pop your pimples? Of course. Okay, so I'm convinced that our collective significant others are inserting dirt into our skin, creating the pimples that they can then pop. Because my skin really was always flawless. I think it'll remain flawless. But if Claudia didn't pop my pimples, they'd be it would be even more flawless. My wife puts on a karate kid headband every night <laughs> and goes into this entire protocol of facial products that I, I, it's so exhausting. I watch it from the bed and I go, Paige, just give up. Have a couple pimples. It's not worth it. All this serum, you're putting oil on your face. It's gross. Yeah, it's just a lot. It's a lot. It's like dunking your face in Vaseline. I just... Do you I, have a I, nighttime routine? Um, I, a good pee. Because mm. I don't want to wake up at two in the morning, mm. right? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't, I don't do anything else. I'll brush my teeth oh. when I remember. 
you know, they, they say if you're going to do it twice a day, or I'm sorry, if you, if you can only make it once a day brushing your teeth, do it at night. Yeah, but that's just so inconsiderate to the people that live with me and work with me. Like, I'm going to brush my teeth at night and then have that stanky breath the whole day. Like, I don't know. Nah, you're going to have sugar bugs on your teeth all night. That's what we tell our son to get him to brush his teeth. You know, if you don't brush, you're going to have the sugar bugs. I'm surprised he's not terrified. Oh, the sugar bugs. All right. I won't miss a nighttime cleaning again. I think it's inspired that you went as Ina Garnet, Ina Garten, and hear me out. Ina might have the best life there is. And I'm putting her against Jeff Bezos, Beyonce, the bigwigs. She's quietly stupid rich, dummy rich. Not a billionaire, but certainly a hundred millionaire, I'm sure. She wears kind of like a flowing tarp, a denim tarp, for <laughs> most of her days. So it's, it's wonderfully flattering in the right ways, but also maybe hides last night's dinner, if, that, if that's a thing. She's got an all-star of a husband, and she's surrounded by like delicious food and very alcoholic drinks all day. And she's just not too in the spotlight that it becomes annoying. She's perfectly famous. She probably has all of the perks of Martha Stewart without all of the negatives. The Michigas. Without all the Michigas, precisely. So yes, I would love when I die to be reincarnated as Ina Garten. I think I'd thrive as Ina. You would certainly thrive. Did you hear Rosie O'Donnell was on the Howard Stern show and she was talking about visiting Martha Stewart in jail? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to tell her story, but basically she said they were never close, but then they became close while she was in jail with some correspondence. And, you know, she went to go visit her in jail. And Rosie goes, listen, I'm not a dressed up type of person as it is, but I'm going to jail. So she's like, I didn't exactly do my hair. I wore sweatpants. I'm not putting it on for, you know, the, the correction facility. She said, I get there. Martha Stewart comes to see me. She's cinched the waist of her jumpsuit with like a shoelace. Her hair is done. She has blush and uh, eyeshadow on that she bought from the canteen. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, she looks gorgeous. And we're sitting talking and I say to her, Martha, what's like the one thing you miss about, you know, being in real life, like being out of jail? What's the one thing you miss from the real world? And she looks at Rosie and goes, the taste of lemon. <laughs> <laughs> Is that great? That's great. Oh, my God. They have no fresh produce in jail. I'm surprised. Get them some I mean, lemons. You know that she is adding a hit of acid to most things she eats because it just heightens the flavor. So I can imagine that she was missing lemon. Get them some lemons. Just because they committed crimes doesn't mean they can't have access to fresh fruit. Get them lemons. Yes. Get them I lemons. think so. Get them Let them have a full, full, you know, flavor experience, even if, you know, they defrauded the government. Yeah, whatever. They should still get some good fruit. I actually saw a video yesterday. TikTok is a terrible place. I don't know if you agree. It's just exposing things that I never needed exposed. Like I watched this guy take an entire carton of strawberries, put it in water, put in some salt, wait five minutes, and he came back. And the salt had pulled all these bugs out of the strawberry. No. Yes. Did but I... that's a stunt. He, no, it was one of those accounts that replicates what they thought were stunts. But then it's true. You never know if maybe the guy replicating is also doing a stunt. I don't, oh, I don't I... know what's true and not true on TikTok. I've also heard on TikTok that the United States is really ancient Egypt. And ancient Egypt <laughs> is not actually in the Middle East. <laughs> I've also heard that America is a shitty country and that the new hot up-and-coming country is China. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok is so strange. But yeah, that strawberry thing freaked me out. 
Um, speaking of social media, I feel like we would be remiss because of how uber Jewish we both are in this podcast is to not at least touch on the Kanye of it all, because you and I don't like to get political on this podcast. I, I don't think this is political. We try not to get controversial. Let's say we are the good guys. We want this to be a good, fun, nice time. But I think we could have an interesting insight to this whole situation. Ben? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that you saw, but I'm not going to say that I'm the Mashiach, but I did go unbelievably viral on Instagram for <laughs> for my post reaching millions and millions of people worldwide. Uh, but the truth is... <laughs> just, just what Kanye wants, a Jew to go viral from his shenanigans. <laughs> the truth is, I didn't want to say anything about Kanye because I feel like he's so mentally disturbed that giving a voice to the things that he's saying was a detriment, but then when I saw that picture of neo-Nazis hiling Hitler in <laughs> Beverly Hills, I was very concerned because they said, like, Kanye's right. Like, they were literally quoting Kanye as the sort of moral compass for why uh, hiling Hitler is okay in 2022. And, and I, they've also, yeah. it's uh, just to add, it's also been in Jacksonville, Florida. It was at a college football game. This whole Kanye was right about the Jews. It's, it's kind of spreading. Yeah, and the biggest problem is and why I felt the need to speak up and why I'm happy that we're talking about this here is, yes, of course, we're outspoken, uh, very, very Jewish and very happy to be Jewish. We love being Jewish. Uh, the tropes... Uh, that he was spreading and the rampant anti-Semitism that people can't seem to grasp around him saying that he won't stop talking until he can review the Jewish contracts in the music industry is the craziest, most anti-Semitic thing you can possibly say and so dangerous because people are like, yeah, the contracts are terrible like the Jewish contracts are terrible. They're not Jewish contracts. They're contracts made by people both Jewish and non-Jewish. Like contract like you're going to are you going to blame all lawyers in general and pretend that all legal contracts are a result of Jews? Like it's just such a crazy comment that people are then commenting below his post saying, "Yeah, like Kanye is just like trying to wake up America to see how terrible these contracts are from rappers. And I'm just like, what the fuck does that have to do with Jews? Like, that's right. the problem. Sure, fight your fight. Whatever your fight is about how terrible your contracts are in music, in fashion. I, too, hate contracts. Lawyers are the worst. They're terrible. Contracts are terrible. Nobody likes them, but they're not Jewish contracts. And Jews aren't somehow benefiting from these bad contracts, you know? Like, that was the thing that just, he was making so much sense to such an uneducated community that it actually seems real. I think you make a great point. And I think that's the danger of, like, and people feeling like, oh, you're muting him or, or you're censoring him. It's like, no, he's free to say whatever he wants. But the reality is, is that when you provocate people who are uneducated and have so little to lose and you embolden them to embrace this like hateful side of themselves, then it becomes an issue where people are allowed to also use their power. Like you can say whatever you want, but people can take away your megaphone. You know, if they have, if they are the CEO of the platform that allows for that because it's a private company and God bless the old US of A, we still get to do what we want to do with private companies. So the reality is, you know, with the Kanye of it all, I, I agree with you. It's like no one ever said, you know, the music business is really clean except for those Jews. The music business, no one ever said, you know what? Boxing's great. But the, you know, the, uh, I don't know, but, you know, the Mormon boxing promoters really are, are, are having some bad contracts. It's like, no, these are dirty businesses. Many of the people involved, be them Jewish and everything in between, are probably taking advantage in certain respects. It runs the gamut. But when you generalize an entire ethnic group as this one thing, then it becomes wildly dangerous, wildly anti-Semitic. And just 
unintelligent. You now have millions of morons thinking that Jews are the sole creators of contracts across all industries. And I know that this doesn't stop at music. It's ne- it's going to go like, I'm sure that you saw uh, Kanye recently posted a picture of Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving mm. feels very similarly to Kanye West. He's just a little bit less outspoken. But he, I promise, will go deep in the same way. And then all of a sudden, you'll have all of these NBA fans that are completely uneducated thinking that the reason why X person's contract is terrible is because of the Jews. And then those same people have probably never met a Jew. So what happens is they only see Jews. If they saw us, they'd say, those guys are Jewish. What do you mean they're Jewish? They don't have long payas. They're not wearing a hat. They're not wearing like, these guys are Jewish. And it's like- You really, Ben, I gotta yeah. call you on that one. You think people have ever said, really, Josh and Ben, I, Jews? I think- <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I, I think that, no, but it's funny. I think that there's such, there's a group of people in this world, of the, the overwhelming majority that truly think that Jews are just black hat. Sure. And like ultra orthodox, ultra very orthodox, very, very religious, borderline Hasidic. And the worst part is that they then see like those 10 people and they go and beat the shit out of them. And that's what we see. Like these start with Kanye talking about contracts. Again, believe me, the Hasids are not the ones at these music companies writing these contracts and then somebody goes through the streets of New York or Los Angeles and sees a guy in a black hat and beats the shit out of him. And that's just what we're dealing with, unfortunately. I know that we're, this podcast is supposed to be funny and lighthearted. We do have another sensitive topic as well, but uh, I think it's important that we talk about these things and you're, you're a hundred percent right. Just we wear our Judaism so proudly. We have to definitely talk about these things here. Yeah, I think just in closing, the reality is, and I, I, I get annoyed when people say, oh, you're infringing on his First Amendment. Like, Kanye is not going to jail for the things that he's saying. He's 100% allowed to say them. And the reality is that other powerful people, similar to Kanye, are allowed to have a reaction and take a defensive measure for what they think is the right thing. Because inevitably, that's what we're dealing with, right? People who have vastly different ideas of what is right. And what is safe. And I also think that Kanye is just missing a level of education because he's bordering on misinformation and anti-Semitism. And if somebody would just tell him that the people writing these contracts are not Jews, like they're, they're contracts because they're contracts and some people are Jewish and some aren't, like I would just love him to be more educated because I feel like the things that he's trying to fight for are right what he's saying in relation to jews is wrong like he should fight for better contracts in the music industry i have no problem with that ever like everybody should fight for better terms it's just not a religion's <laughs> fault that you have bad terms Ugh, it's crazy it's crazy before we dive into our next again hard hitting topic we're hard hitting today i do yes, i do want to just break it up cuz again it's it's intense conversation. Just to ask you today, it's Halloween. You and Max are going out. What are you dressing as? So I'm probably going to just dress as a 35-year-old dad. Mm. I'm going to wear an oversized shirt. I'm going to wear flattering athleisure pants. Mm. And I'm going to wear some kind of hat that covers my mop of hair that needs a cut. But let me tell you, Ben, not to be cornball, Halloween with a young child, with your son, is the greatest night of like of all the nights of the year, it's like Christmas or Hanukkah. Um, it's Halloween, Fourth of July maybe, but fireworks are stupid. It's like it's really top three nights of the year, and I'm I, I might be more excited than he is. And are you going trick or treating? We're gonna go trick or treating our neighborhood where we live. Oh, that's the one other thing I wanted to mention. After Kanye last week had his little, you know, I'm going to go to Skechers and try to get, I don't know, he wants to do like a Yeezy Shape Up collab. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And first of all, I love that Skechers is owned by maybe one of the most Jewish sounding people ever, Greenberg, shout out. Shout out. But, But then he went to Manhattan Beach, and I don't live too far away from Manhattan Beach. He went to Manhattan Beach Bagel and Deli. 
which I just found fascinating. Mm -hmm. Two, just two very Jewish things. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. I digress. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, the 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 Halloween of it all is going to be very exciting. And yeah, my son is a glow in the dark skeleton, mm. and. I don't have a costume for my little three-week-old, but we might either make him a pumpkin or a little baby Yoda. Oh, I like the baby Yoda. Do that. Come on. Do that. That's great. That's great. It's cute. Yeah, there's something about Yoda that both gives off baby and grandpa. And like, I don't know, babe, like infants are just like equally grandpa as much as they are infant. Do you feel that? Like he's just like a little grandpa. Yeah, they're baby and granddaddy. Yeah, they really are. They really are. Uh, but on that Kanye topic with Skechers, did you watch SNL this weekend by chance? No, Ben, you know I have no interest. It was so bad. I don't like I'm so <laughs> I'm so jealous that you didn't have to watch what I watched, but they did like one Kanye Skechers like ugh, it was fucking terrible. We're not talking about it. I hate SNL. I hate every I like you the amount of money that they must spend to only have Keenan Thompson every five Five minutes of every episode, you get Keenan. And those five minutes, you're like, wow, I love Keenan. I'm going to come back. And then you get to see Weekend Update, and you're like, wow, I love these guys. I'm going to come back. They actually did. They brought on Drunk Uncle, which was really fun. So you should watch that because, like, Drunk Uncle was, was fantastic when Seth Meyers was there. But otherwise, these castmates, whoever writes these sketches, just terrible. Terrible. The show should be shut down except for Weekend Update and uh, – Keenan Thompson. Keenan Thompson. I don't like clubs for comedy nerds. Like, even, and I, I respect Judd Apatow very much, but even like growing up, and granted, I completely blew my shot with him by being a complete mess of a child actor at 19 years old. I talk about it more in my book, Happy People Are Annoying. Nevertheless, like, sometimes I would lament that I wasn't part of like the funny, you know, Jewish you know, Apatow crew, like the Rogans and Jonah Hills, I think I could have done well in there. But inevitably, after it was all said and done, I was like, you know what? I'm glad not to be part of like a funny people, you know, like the, the funny guy gang. And I feel like SNL is the same way. It's just like, it's just like a bunch of comedians hanging out, like trying to top each other, being a bunch of silly gooses. I just think it gets a little bit corny. Yeah, especially when you just have bad talent. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who does. Whatever. I, I don't want to. I don't want to talk ill of them. They're terrible. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just We're kidding. done with that. We're done do with you that. Have a, do you have a what are you nuts moment of the week? Ooh, yeah. My what are you nuts I sort of gave to you already. But uh, I don't like when parents, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of calling you out too. I don't like I'm when ready. parents have kids and they go to a Halloween party and they don't dress up. What are you nuts? Ooh. It's Halloween. It's Halloween. If everybody dressed up, it'd be so much more fun. Instead, we're in Florida. We're at an outdoor. Sorry, this is a double what are you nuts. Who does a Halloween party outdoors in Florida? Come on. 92 degrees. These kids are wearing masks. They probably can't breathe. Like a skeleton mask or not a COVID mask. Like the skeleton masks or whatever. So that's what are you nuts. But I do think that parents, you know, you got to dress up. What are you nuts? It's Halloween. Have a, have a nice time. Don't be there in your T-shirt and shorts and flip-flops. Don't dress in your polo like you just came from the golf course. Let your kids know that you're fun. Be the fun parents. You got anything? I, too, I too have a what are you nuts moment of the week, and this is for children's birthday parties. Mm. Now, when I was a young boy, it seemed like there was like a, a two-hour limit on birthday parties. And you would have fun, go play at Chuck E. Cheese, go to wherever you had your birthday at, the trampoline park, what have you. And you rock out for an hour, then you go eat pizza, you do the ice cream cake, you say happy birthday, you get your goodie bag, you leave. Now, these parties, they're going three, four hours. Mm. And I think I know why. I was at a kid's birthday party the other day, lovely, gorgeous party, beautiful, beautiful party, just like so nice, couldn't have been better. But there were a considerable amount of adult beverages. And I have seen that now at every kid's birthday party I've been to. It's about the parents getting absolutely fucking sauced. And 
I think this is why it's going three, four hours because these parents are schmoozing. The kids are like in sugar comas, like putting Hot Wheels in each other's like noses. And, and they're just, you know, they're raging. And what are you nuts? I mean, it's 10 o'clock. Granted, okay, maybe it's like, you know, a substitute for a boozy brunch. But can we get the hell out of here? Yeah, that sounds absolutely terrible. It sounds like that group of parents doesn't have friends outside of... I don't think they have friends at all. I think that they're looking to go there to mingle. And a children's birthday party should not be a substitute for a boozy brunch. I'm with you. Get the I hell mean, out I, of there. I get that it should be a nice time, and, and, and I'm all for having a wonderfully social two-hour time. But I think the beverages makes everyone say, ah, where are we going? You know, can't drive yet. Got to let this burn off. So it goes three, four hours. Mm. I'm like, that's a long party. That's a long party. That's a long party. Do you want to talk about our main man, Matty P? I do. So Matthew Perry, I'm sure that you saw this recently, and I'm really curious to your thoughts. Uh, both released yes. a book. What is the name of his book? It's like Friends, Lovers, and the Big Awful Thing. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> what it was. Friends, Lovers, and the Big Bad Thing. Yeah, something like that. I watched this documentary uh, last night that goes into Diane Sawyer asks him plenty, not documentary, <laughs> into a tell-all uh, with Diane Sawyer, and she talks to him about doing friends and being incredibly addicted to alcohol and drugs from the age of 14. Uh, mm. Spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear about Matthew Perry's addiction without watching the interview or reading the book, you should probably skip this part, but I want to talk about it. He mentioned that he was finishing handles of vodka at 14 and that there was a point when he was on Friends where he would take 58 Vicodin a day. And Sick. He, uh, it's just so amazing. You go through and you watch him on set and he, besides weight loss, you wouldn't be able to tell. The guy was so functioning. Uh, and I just, I just found that fascinating. So I wanted to talk about that. Uh, I know that, and again, talk about this as much or as little as you want to, but I know that you have a, a brief history with uh, something similar, just any insight into what he was going through, your own general comments, and I'm just very curious. I think the, the bigger picture is that First of all, I love when people who aren't addicts hear numbers like 58 Vicodins a day, and it's obviously startling as well it should, but that goes through my ears, and I think, ah, that tracks. Mm. I'm like, break, I'm doing the metrics going like, yeah, that'd be a nice time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'd keep you good and loose till bedtime. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like people are like, wait, Michael Jackson was getting propofol to sleep? I'm like, have you ever had propofol? If you had access to a doctor, would you not want propofol as much as possible? Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like very typical addiction from the way that I've heard about it throughout my life. You know, I'm lucky enough to be almost 15 years sober, but I've heard, you know, I know my own story. I've heard a lot of stories, and we have these like tropes in the secret club, you know, the anonymous 12-step club that I'm a part of. Um, and we have these like silly slogans, but it's like from Penn State to the state pen, from par the park bench to Park Avenue. Like it truly is like it doesn't, you know, nature and the way you grow up and, and trauma has a part in it. But inevitably, like you could have a perfect upbringing and a perfect circumstance and still fall victim to this thing. So I think that it's great that he's he's being honest about it. I haven't heard much about is the book good? I have no idea. Has your wife read it it's yet? Not, Against it's, your wishes? It's not, it's not out yet. She didn't get a screener in yet. If I caught her reading, psh, dead. Right on the spot. <laughs> no, she hasn't. I don't think that she got anything early. And I think it comes out today or tomorrow. Uh, mm. Honestly, there's no excuse for having a bad book. Like, when you have that much money, hire somebody to write you a good book if you can't write a good book yourself. Clearly, it's a great story. And the guy yes. has, I mean, Friends is what? The highest grossing sitcom of all time? Is it, or it's got to be top five, something. Unreal. Unreal. So he Mailbox has, he, money. So he has a lot to talk about. He has a lot of people that want to 
hear more about why Chandler weighed 140 pounds on some episodes and 240 pounds on other episodes and the way that uh, the co the, the cast sort of interacted with him during that time. So I have to assume it'll do well, but I don't, I don't know how it's doing. That's just a normal, that's a weekend swing for me if I have a cheat day. Oh, me too. Me too. Right? I fly up and down, up and down, up and I down. Think, I think I could, I could put on 20 pounds over a weekend and take off 12 if I needed to. I can lose, if I needed to lose 15 pounds this week, I could. Me too. I could. And yes, if I needed to gain, I think 10 pounds in a week is probably, no, I could probably gain 15. God, that sounds fun. But I love that people also have had this reaction. I think there was some figure like, oh, he spent $7 million on drugs. And I'm like, yeah, that tracks. Wait, he spent $7 million? That's the thing? I think I'd heard something like that figure. By the way, you know, fact check here. That's cheap. That crazy, right? Yeah, for a well, for, he bought, for, a, he, for a lifelong, like, since he's fourteen years old, he's in his mid fifties. That's maybe a, he bought in bulk. Maybe, yeah, Costco. <laughs> yeah, Kirkland. <laughs> Sam's Drug Club. He actually one one crazy thing, or I found this crazy. He mentioned that he would go to open houses. And he would go and raid their medicine cabinets for whatever they had because he couldn't get, again, 58 Vicodin in a day sometimes prescribed by a doctor. So he'd go to open houses and nobody's ever thinking that Chandler from Friends is the one stealing their drugs. Um, but I found I, I thought just, that was crazy. Crazy sound. I like. just love that there was like a $700,000 fixer in North Hollywood where those owners really thought Matt Perry might be buying it. Yeah, and <laughs> they like, just thought he had more money than this. Stealing their drugs. <laughs> Crazy. Um, and what do you think about, oh, I, I know what I wanted to ask you about because I, I think we need our, I think I, we need our debate. Oh, we do. Of the week, right? We do. We do. Before you jump into the debate, though, I do just want to say uh, wishing Matthew Perry well. And it was a really great thing. Uh, that he did with Diane Sawyer. I loved watching it, and I can't re- wait to read the book. He's, what, two years sober? Um, he mentioned that he's gone through an unbelievable amount of sober, non-sober stints, like mm. in and out of rehab. But he is currently sober. He's currently doing well. Uh, and I hope that it, it lasts. Yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely. Um, so our debate for today is... I'm trying to think... You know, uh, I was going to go couples costumes, mm. no, co- uh, couples costumes or against couples costumes. What are your thoughts on that? I could do something more provocative. Let's go more provocative, I think. Okay, fair enough. We don't have to go theme-based here. We don't have to go. You know what? Let's get to some more stories and I'll think about what it's going to be. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we'll we'll circle back on the debate. You know what? We're circling um, and we're going to land this thing soon. Uh, Okay, so here we go for one of our stories this week, and I think this is going to be pretty, pretty special. Mm. Um, And speaking of drugs, $402,000 of meth reportedly found in condom-filled pumpkins at the Texas border. (laughs) (laughs) Officials recently encountered Halloween decorations that weren't what they seemed. The U.S. Customs and Border Protection found $402,000 of liquid meth in condoms packaged inside pumpkins at the Eagle Pass port of entry. If you were going to smuggle drugs, how would you do it, Ben? Certainly not in a condom. Like, what am I, like, condoms are so, like, finicky. Like, you could, what if it hits, like, a pumpkin root and all the liquid meth just explodes? Like, that's like the, that sounds like a terribly executed plan. Um, How would I smuggle drugs? I always loved the idea of, you have a teddy bear, you rip open the chest of the teddy bear, you restuff mm. it with a block of Coke. Like that idea always really, uh, I, I found it to be incredibly interesting. Uh, if I were to really, if I needed to bring over drugs though, mm, maybe I'd remove my calf muscle and I'd insert the block in as a fake calf. What do you mm. think about that? Fascinating. 
I like that. It's a lot so of work. Actually have it I can never walk again, in, but it's a, sewn into your body. Sewn into my body. Listen, I've seen your legs. They're great. Mm. And I think you could spare half a calf for a little bit of drug money. I think so. I could, especially if I use a thigh. <laughs> I, <could. laughs> I too, no, for sure. I mean, my tree trunks, I, I, I could get a couple kilos in there. Um, I actually, you know what? I, I too, I think I'm going inside the body. You know, I'm swallowing it. Or you get a drone. And you get an unregulated drone, an unmanned drone, right? And you just really map it out. Because here's the beauty, right? If they catch the drone, they're not catching you, right? So what? You lost the drugs. Okay, you know, you work hard, buy more drugs. <laughs> Why don't more people smuggle drugs with drones? Very interesting. I'm sure. I bet it's getting hot. I, I, would, I, would, t- I would bet that it's getting more popular. But I definitely, like, the last thing I would do is stuff pumpkins. Because what I never understood, it's the same way I feel about fentanyl. Who is the one putting fentanyl in these drugs? And why are people, like, the drug industry, isn't it lucrative enough? Like, 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 why are you risking maybe a kid opening a pumpkin thinking that it's like a Halloween pumpkin and all of a sudden the kid is, like, covered in meth? Can't you keep the drugs away from the kids? And can't you keep the drugs fun and not filled with fentanyl? Like, well, who are these people? And why so seasonal? Mm. Why did it have to be a pumpkin, right? Why couldn't it be like just a, a regular acorn squash? Mm. Something, you know, that's not as on trend. Give, give, give some other squashes their flowers. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And I recently fell in love with pumpkin spice. I feel like I'm about 10 years too late into my basic bitch era. But I love a little pumpkin spice sweet cream cold foam on the top of my Starbucks iced coffee. It's fantastic. So good. It's unreal. So good. So good. And I know that if I drink too many of them, they're going to have to cut off my leg, and then I can use the prosthetic to bring in more drugs. So really, Starbucks is the one that's going to aid my calf filled with cocaine. Shout out Howard Schultz. Did you know that doctors are criticizing the trend of using diabetes drugs for weight loss? Dr. Caroline Appelbian is warning TikTok users not to follow a viral trend that promotes prescription obesity medications, Wegovy and Ozembek for quick weight loss. And they are people in Hollywood circles and on TikTok are using it for an off-label purpose uh, to lose weight, but they're actually for diabetes. And I'm pretty sure Andy Cohen, ta- yes, Bravo's Andy Cohen also tweeted about the growing popularity of the drugs for weight loss. I don't know. So maybe he didn't take it. Maybe he just tweeted about it. I know. I we know. don't fact check I know, here. I, I don't want to get sued by the Cohen. I know Elon Musk is on it. Did you see his tweet? Yeah. What did he say? He's on Ozempic. And what, 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 what was, tweet I was going to say, what's the reason in the article? Like, why is she because saying the- not to take it? <laughs> Oh, sign me up. Yeah. Um, because it, A, it's for diabetes. Like, it's primary use as diabetes. Sure. And that if people are just buying it willy-nilly, especially people who aren't morbidly obese, we're just losing a drop, like, 10, 15 pounds, it lowers the supply for people who, who where it's life-saving. So make more. like all of a sudden drug companies are against making more money and all of a sudden dual use is so crazy like we've you know how many drugs there are that have dual use like you find out that it's good for one thing it's better for another like i would assume that the point of the drug for diabetes typically when you're diabetic you have some weight to lose so it makes Mm -hmm. perfect sense um i don't know it sounds like this person is you got to work a little faster honey Make some more drugs. Um, uh, I, I think that's that's fair, and I think you know I don't. I, I want to know what's reasonable, right? Because like I one hundred percent, I'm a little afraid. Like it took me, you know, years to to be okay with taking cholesterol medication. So I think I like the idea of taking a magic pill. I don't think in practice I would, but like. I've literally, and I've lost 100 pounds, and I've kept it off for 15 years. Not that that stops people from coming up to me yesterday and going, wow, you really look great. And I'm like, again, <laughs> 15 years ago, my boy. <laughs> Thank you. But, um, but 
like I've I've thought to myself, you know, my life would be easier if I just got the sleeve, like if I just got gastric bypass, even at 185 pounds. But that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, can't you, do it. You don't want you don't need to lose more weight. I don't want to lose weight. I just don't want to ever ever think about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that unfortunately, I think that we're just wired like that. Food is food is not just so fuel. Good. Food is feelings. And that's the issue. Food is feelings, and that's the issue. Yeah. A memoir. Yeah. Ben Soffer. Yeah, food is feelings. I love food. Damn. Oh, me too. Damn, it's fantastic. Can't wait. I think our this or that should be surrounding food. Well, I was gonna, I, I was gonna say this or that, making the case for sugar babies, pro or against a sugar baby. Thoughts? Sugar baby is in. You mean the brushing the teeth at night? No, a sugar baby is someone who is um, supported financially by someone. Oh, whoa, else. whoa, 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 whoa! Sugar baby. What did you say before that you tell Max? Didn't you talk about sugar babies? Sugar bugs. Sugar bugs. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Sugar sugar bugs is our gang. <laughs> That's funny. No. Oh shit! No, we gotta we gotta go. The sugar bugs are coming out. No, you mean sugar babies, as in a an an older man or woman giving money to a younger person to buy things that they want. Let me, uh, I'll give you the Wikipedia definition. Mm -hmm. Sugar dating, also called sugaring, <laughs> is, a <laughs> is a relationship of an older wealthy person and a younger person in need of financial assistance or mentoring, achieving mutual benefits. Um, mentoring. Wanna, <laughs> oh my God. You wanna go pro? Or I'll go pro. Or I love this I one though. Thought? This this is a great. This is the debate topic. This is fantastic. I love it. I mean, there was a part of me that that I thought we should spend. Maybe we go. Okay, hear, hear me out. I think we do opening statement each, then some crosstalk, and instead of a closing statement, you and I both do sixty seconds of making our case for being someone's sugar baby, like selling ourselves. Down. Okay. So opening statement, do you want to be pro or against? I'm either, leaving it up. Either you pick for me. You be against. Against the idea of sugar babies. Yes, because you have a perfect parents, you have a perfect relationship, and I think that that emboldens you to say no to sugar baby. Okay. I am against sugar babies because more often than not, the person who is giving the money is giving it to somebody that really doesn't give a rat's ass about them. Now, they are using their money to try to fill a void that maybe they are experiencing, and they think that by paying for this younger person's attention that they are going to fill that void, when in reality, they're not. They need to find a companion. There are plenty of people that would like to be your friend without you spending money on them, right? I think that it just goes to the overall insecurities of incredibly wealthy people in general, where they feel that they need to buy friends. And in this particular situation, it's magnified by that friend literally only being your friend by taking your money and spending it. So I think that it sets a bad precedent for the older people. And I think the young people, come on, pick on somebody your own size. Go Five seconds. Go find somebody your own age to take you to dinner or maybe just make a little more money and don't spend That's outside your, your means. Okay, here's the case for sugar babying. If you're alone and rich... That means you're insufferable. You are, your personality, you are probably so rigid that you are no fun to be around. It doesn't make sense that, that you haven't found someone yet. All due respect. Because a lot of people wouldn't have the traditional sugar baby set up, right? But they would just be like, you know what? This person's nice. We go to nice dinners. We take two to three vacations a year. I drive a Lexus now. So I can hook up with him every couple of weeks and I can stand his crappy jokes. If, if, if you can't find someone who's okay to do that and purely needs to be with you for a transactional nature, it means your personality sucks. And some people's personality sucks. Doesn't mean they should always <laughs> be alone. It means that they should probably find a young, gorgeous person whose personality probably sucks, who's probably a bad person adjacent to keep them warm at night. Now for our cross-examination after you, Ben. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm really pro-sugar babies. <laughs> <laughs> huh. 
I don't want to debate the side of being against sugar babies because the same way that I feel about just about everything, it's your money. Do whatever the fuck you want with it that makes you happy. If you spent your whole life making hundreds of millions of dollars and you're going to die with it, or you're going to spoil some young person as long as the relationship is simply he or she is getting money and buying cars or bags or whatever they want, and it stays as a very friendly uh, grandpa or grandma to granddaughter, grandson, I love it. The only place where it starts to get a little hairy is when... uh, Intercourse is involved when you are trading these things canoodling. for exactly when you are trading these things for canoodling. I I find that to be a I don't know it, a recipe for power wielding power. It just I, I don't know it gets hairy when you start to involve actual sex. Now a peep show something online no problem no problem mm. maybe some sexy My- talk at night. No issues. My buddy, very interestingly enough, um, had a very thriving OnlyFans account of him enjoying people's OnlyFans. It wasn't him. And he loved it. And his wife found out, and it was almost as bad as cheating. And I think had it been just like porn, she wouldn't have cared. But the fact that he's like interacting with these people, he's sending them like tokens in quotes, Felt like a real betrayal. Interesting, no? Wow. So he is sitting watching people do things to themselves and they're paying him? Yes. What a deal. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. That's genius. But it's pretty personal. For sure. For the person who's paying to show their body parts to the clothed person receiving the money. But the person who's receiving the money... Look, would I ever do it as a married man? Absolutely not. But it does sound like a really wonderful opportunity to make some substantial extra cash without technically doing anything wrong. But I wonder, like, once you completely give yourself over, like, I wonder when the first time you ever show your face in a porn, is it like a freedom like you've never felt before? Like, there's nothing to hide anymore. You can just walk around and feel completely free because you've, You've given over, you've, you've broken the social contract in a way that you don't have to worry about what anyone thinks anymore. Yeah, and it's so true. And if you do end up recognizing that person, you're just as slimy as them. Like you, totally, like you're gonna and, go and up, starstruck. Yeah, exactly. Like you're going you're gonna to judge this person because you sat there with your wiener in your hand looking at them. Like it's equally as, I, I'm, I'm pro-porn. People want to go do porn? Fantastic. Any way to make some a quick extra buck, and they make a lot of money, far more than the extra buck. People are really getting paid. Yeah, I just think there should be more acting classes for porn actors. So true. Right? Yeah. And it's funny, if we are opening the floodgates, it would be, it's the cheapest place to advertise currently on any website is Pornhub. The amount of wonder, views that you can get for so what, little money. I'm, what's the CPM it's, on it's a Pornhub app? It's dirt. I mean, I can... Like a dollar? It's dirt. I can Google it. I bet you it's less. CPM on Pornhub. And in the same right, do you think anyone's ever not skipped through a Pornhub app? They definitely uh, <laughs> have. But I feel like it's really great for... You have to have a very specific product. Right, like a flashlight. Yeah, like a flashlight. Or like a erectile dysfunction drug or condoms. Maybe Divorce not. lawyer. <laughs> Divorce <laughs> lawyer. That's funny. That's funny. Um, okay, so I'm going to give you 60 seconds, and I want you to imagine that you're on a website for sugar babies, and there's some very wealthy woman or a wealthy dude, whatever, um, I'm pitching. Looking... I'm pitching to a wealthy woman why she should take me as her sugar baby. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And go. First and foremost, I will. <laughs> I will love you like nobody's ever <laughs> loved you before. I cook. I don't clean, but for the right price, I could clean. I could absolutely clean. <laughs> I will do the shopping. I will do the gro- grocery shopping. I will go to the stores and buy your bags for you. 
And all I ask in return is just a nice Amex black card. Unlimited. Let me just spend money on things that make me happy. But really, I'm here to serve you. I'm like that pool cabana boy 24-7. And when you need me to make a nice pot roast, I can act just like Ina Garten and make you a meal that you won't believe. So really, I'm a utility sugar baby. Most people are going to come at you, look at my abs, look at me, I need, I'm so sexy, you need me. No, I'm a full utility play. You're not going to get me for my abs. You're going to get me for my cooking, my love, my looks. I'll love you forever. Okay, here we go. Hi, potential sugar daddy or sugar mamas. Uh, Josh Peck here, Um, fledgling sugar baby. I got one thing to say. I'm a monster in the sack. Just, I'm like, I'm so, you might say too giving. And that's because I grew up as a child actor. So I'm constantly looking for others' approval. And it applies in the bedroom. I'm going to make you happy before I make me happy. Maybe we don't even have to make me happy. You being happy makes me happy. Also, I'm a great time. If you're a sugar mama, we can have the physical. If you're a sugar daddy, maybe we have less physical, but we can certainly hug. But you know what we can do? We can yenta. I love to schmooze. I love talking. I love broing down. We can do whatever you want. I will be the trophy on your arm. I'll go with you to events. I'll find that weird cousin of yours hilarious. So I just want you to know that I'm very um, down the clown and I don't have a lot of needs, except I I would like an Amex black card like my friend Benjamin said. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was incredible. Oh, that was incredible. I'm just saying, I think we would make some A plus sugar babies. I think so too. And on that note, that is our show. What a gorgeous Halloween Monday it was. As always, you can find us on Apple. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Panda Air and at Panda (laughs) Express in the back. Panda Podcast. Make sure to uh, rate and subscribe. Give us five stars because anything less just wouldn't be fair to the premium content that we just gave you. It really helps the show. Rate and review. We love you guys. Thank you for listening.